Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hey everyone, this is your host Victor Anakin and you're listening to Afro Verdict, a podcast dedicated to African youth experts and prominent figures to provide you, our listeners, with the African verdict on events local and around the world. Let's get right to it as we anticipate World Youth Skills Day and hear what our guest, Wisichong Benning Ahmed, the General Secretary of the Pan-African Youth Union, has to say. Benin, welcome to Afro Verdict. Thank you. Thanks for, for, for having me and, and congratulations on the good job. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. So tell our listeners about yourself and the Pan-African Youth Union. Right. As you rightly said, my name is Ahmed Benin Wisichung. Um, I'm Ghanaian and Secretary General to the Pan-African Youth Union. Um, the Pan-African Youth Union is the apex youth organization on the continent established in 1962 by a decision of heads of states themselves. And um, it was one of the foundation organizations that was established prior to the formation of the OAU as the continental driver for integration and also um, the decolonization of the continent. And so the Pan-African Youth Union really is it's, it's, it's an age-long institution that has been part of the struggle. It's been part of, of, of the struggle against apartheid and, and, and colonialism and, and and also a strong advocate for against anti uh, imperialism. So we are, we are an anti imperialist organization and a Pan African institution at that. Um, it's interesting also to 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 mention that the, the Pan African Youth Union is the only youth organization that has got um, executive council decisions around it. And 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 the reason is that we we federate national youth councils and equivalent national coordinating mechanisms. And, and, and if I may uh, explain that, national coordinating mechanisms are Article 12 institutions by the Africa Youth Charter, and they are responsible for mobilizing and coordinating young people around um, development processes in member states. And, 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 and it also interests you to know that it's only the African continent that's got a charter like that specifically dedicated to youth mobilization and mainstreaming. And so fundamentally, we look at the, the popularization and operationalization of the, 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 the Africa Youth Charter, uh, mobilizing and federating our national youth councils and other national um, youth coordinating mechanisms, and also um, providing a basis for, for, for young people to, to, to scale up their advocacy and conversation around youth mainstreaming. So basically, this is it. All right, so the World Youth Skills Day is quite an important event then, isn't it? Definitely, it's an extremely important um, event, um, more so because of the, the peculiar situation that Africa finds itself. In fact, we're currently convening young people um, from West Africa and the Sahel in, in, the, in the Cape Verde. And, and one of the, the key issues at the center of, of, of the discussion is the skills development and then um, quality education. Um, you cannot talk about building a resilient, progressive, and prosperous Africa without emphasis on, on skills and education. And therefore, if Africa would want to, to, to move away from the typical stereotype of being an impoverished an underprivileged continent to one that is capable of optimizing its natural resources to the benefit of citizens and creating the needed quality of life. 
it simply means that we would need um, a real look and a rethink at the kind of skills that that we we, we impact in, in in young people. Um, it's 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 important for us to to look at the the demographics of Africa. Um, Africa is the youngest continent. It means that in excess of um, seventy percent of the population are below thirty five years. That means that's a huge asset. The biggest shortfall in 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 harnessing our demographic dividends is the skills gap relative to what is it that we need as as a continent to drive socioeconomic development vis-a-vis the kind of human capital and the capacity that they have to drive those processes. So, of course, um, skills are extremely important. And and, and for us, we we continue to advocate and and, and hold our governments accountable for for the educational curriculum, um, for for, um, re-evaluating and also looking at the kinds of of, of training, especially with emphasis on uh, vocational and technical training, because this is what we think that Africa needs at this point. So we are able to to, to, um, reform the the, the economic architecture of Africa, move it away from being an import-driven to a production-driven kind of economy. And to do this, we need skills. What are the skills that the African youth should be focusing on then? So there, there, there are quite a, a, a range of, of skills that we need. Um, all vocational and technical skills are extremely important because if you look at the continent now, we have in excess of 37% of the global industrial resource resources here in, on the continent. However, we import everything, toothpicks, matchboxes, um, serviettes, everything from China, Turkey, and the European Union predominantly. That means that we need skills that will allow us to translate and transform our natural resources into um, finished products, into consumables, things that... So, for instance, we have a lot of bamboo trees scattered across the, the, the African continent. Why would we import toothpicks from China? We have a lot of gold, bauxite, diamonds. We have even arable land. Why would we have to import um, rice from China? Why would we have to import furniture from Turkey? So we need all these artisanal skills to be able to transform our natural resources um, into into finished products for, for the benefit of our citizens. In doing that, it simply means that the, 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 the what we'll be doing is creating jobs what we're doing is, is reducing um, inflation and, and, and addressing all the key macro and microeconomic um, 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 shortfalls that we are currently experiencing. So we need everything from welders. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. So when Ghana discovered oil, um, Talo Oil had come, E&I had come, and a few other, other, other um, companies. We met a gentleman who was a marine welder from Singapore. And the salary that he was on was like four times the 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 the, the, the most paid CEO in Ghana. Now, this is a skill that we we never had any Ghanaian that could 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 um, fit into a position like that. So, um, in terms of skills, I think that every skill relative to technical and vocation, because even take an interesting example, doormats. 
Most African countries import doormats from Azerbaijan, from um, Turkey, China, and around carpets. Simple everyday tools like uh, uh, crochets for weaving. We import all that from China and around. So it simply tells you that all skills that are essential within the artisanal uh, vocational training space are extremely important for, for, for us as a continent. All right. No, I, I understand. So basically, a uh, range of skills from the most common to the most rare is, is what you guys are looking for. Yes. All right. What initiatives then or programs do you think are essential for fostering a culture of, uh, let's say, lifelong learning and skill development among young people? So I, I think that there are, there are four issues that we have always wanted to, 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 to look at. Um, one is a relook and, and a reconstruction of the, 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 the vocational and technical training mechanisms in our, our, our countries. The second is, 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 um, for us also then to, to look at our sociological and sociocultural orientation when it comes to, to how we view teaching and learning and, 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 and how our communities and our societies really view, um, the various skills of, 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 of work. The fourth, the third issue that we think is extremely important is, is, is also then for us to be able to do an analysis of what are the immediate requirements of our respective countries and what kind of economic architecture is available. For instance, countries are beginning to go industrial. Therefore, if they are going industrial and it's agrarian, those are skill set that is required in that particular um, respect. If they are going industrial and it has to do with automobiles, that's a skill set that is, is, is extremely important um, in that respect. And so for us, we want our governments and private sector to focus attention on need-based skills training. And when I say need-based, you go to any of our African countries. The immediate um, in expectation in terms of improving the quality of life are the basic everyday needs of, of, of family and households. Production of cups, production of spoons, soap, um, cosmetics, production of, 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 of sofa sets, production of um, basic Igerian equipment. Like I'll give you an, an example. Um, the Indians and the, 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 the Chinese came up with something called combined. It's like a, a mini harvester where it harvests and trashes maize. If you go to a country like Ghana, um, we do huge maize production, but every single equipment that we use in the value chain of maize production is imported from India or China or Pakistan. Now, if you take a country like India or Pakistan, there's nothing unique about Pakistan or India relative to the kinds of skills that can be imbibed in African citizens that we cannot do. You look at uh, 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 the, the tractors that are assembled in either or being produced in either India or in Pakistan, and then you look at the accompanying tools and equipment that come, the plows, the harrow, and all that. You don't need any extraordinary 
intellect to be able to produce that. But those are the very basic things that improve the quality of life of the majority of, of, of African citizens. And so you are looking beyond people that are either PhD holders sitting in Johannesburg or in Accra or in Lagos or Nabuja, but you are looking at those that are at the lowest level of the strata in terms of um, um, our communities and what they need essentially to improve their quality of life, to support them to be able to, 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 to make certain productions that, that, that improves their lives. And, 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 and you take Europe, for instance, um, Central Europe or Eastern Europe. When you travel around, you find that majority of the, the, the people in there are not really, uh, the quality of life there, if we focus attention on these very basic productions that we are talking about, we may even be, be more prosperous than, than, than countries in Central and Eastern Europe. We could be more prosperous than countries in Western Europe if we, 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 we make the right investments in the right skills to harness what we have at our disposal. Yeah, and then I'll take it that the youth will obviously play a key role in that. Definitely. Young people are adventurous. We are innovative. We have the sense of ingenuity. We are looking for two things. Um, first is the kind of partnerships that, that is required between us and our governments and the private sector to be able to plow back some um, investments in for us to be able to do certain things. The second is for young people ourselves to 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 really reconscientize ourselves and focus attention on 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 national and continental de development. The biggest impediment to all this is the kind of Eurocentric or or, or Western centric kind of narratives that comes to us in terms of what is the definition of quality of life. And that all is, is, is anchored on the education and the kind of acculturation that we, we, we are currently experiencing. And so young people, especially the Pan-African Youth Union and other organizations like ours, would need to go undertake a robust um, socialization and education drive for, for young people to understand that if you are a farmer on, on 20 hectares of land and you are able to till it and apply the appropriate technology, you are better off than somebody who who decides to take up a job in the banking sector because the fellow would live on credit all his life and may not be able to do certain basics. The, 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 the other thing that we are looking at as young people is to insist that our governments undertake partnerships that extend beyond the conventional ones that we know. If you take most African countries, the biggest partners that we know in terms of the financial sector is the United States and the European Union. They have proven to 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 not be 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 uh, meaningful in terms of giving us the right platform to drive development. I'll give you a, a quick example. In the 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 early and mid eighties to through to the nineties, the World Bank and IMF introduced what we call structural adjustment programs across the African continent. That was the bane of our underdevelopment. Because what they did was to collapse every single economic architecture that was put in place to drive economic prosperity on the continent. The imperialists knew, they saw, they understood that once we were on a trajectory to development, so if you look at all our forebears from Kwame Nkrumah all through to, to Patrice, all through to Kaunda, the kinds of initiatives and partnerships that they built was supposed to drive a self-sustaining Africa. What did we see? 
The imperialists came through their institutions, collapsed all these initiatives through structural adjustment. And that is where young people come into the equation. Our understanding that partnerships beyond the conventional ones that we know to the newer ones. I have always said that one of the most productive partnerships that Africa would have moving forward is with the BRICS fraternity. Uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. That BRICS fraternity, would it, it's the future for us. Why? Because all the Asian targets that you have, we, we, we know of, all the, the, the innovative um, skills that we are currently applying in our countries come from there. If you come to Africa, majority of our agrarian sector is doing well because the Chinese have brought cheaper and much more effective tech. And therefore, we would need to replicate, learn how to apply these things. I mean, the, the Americans have had that same technology for over 100 years. They never made it available in a cheaper and efficient way to Africans. And so, as the, 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 the European colleagues, and, and, and so, education is extremely important. Young people have a major role to play in terms of making sure that our, our governments whether aligned or non-aligned, we'll be able to build the needed partnerships across board for us to be able to optimize our, 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 our skills and, and then be able to have um, development in our countries. For those of you that have just tuned in, this is your host, Victor Anakin, and you're listening to Afro Verdict brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Mr. Wisi Chong Ahmed stressed the importance of dismantling the stereotype that the African continent is one of poverty and underprivilege and reconstructing that to an idea of an Africa that is capable of optimizing its natural resources to the benefit of its citizens. You know, my personal hero, and I'm sure the hero of many, uh, Nelson Holly Mandela, he has a very famous statement about the youth. He said, the future belongs to our youth, right? How can education and awareness empower the youth to become active participants in shaping the future of their countries? So I think it's fundamental. Um, education is everything. The current nemesis of the continent is because of the lack of understanding of our history and what is it that we require to drive African prosperity. And I've always said our, our current leadership may have lofty and brilliant ideas in terms of how they want to drive. They are limited by the kind of support that they, they would require to drive processes. Second is that sometimes you tend to question yourself. Is it deliberate stupidity in terms of the choices that we make as a continent or is just influenced by, by, by selfishness or lack of understanding of what are the key um, um, drivers or choices that we should make to build resilience, resilient economies. We do understand that there are geopolitical intricacies and that the, the, the imperialist economies would want to consistently subjugate and undermine efforts that we make. But I don't think that that explanation by itself is enough. We are 54 countries on the continent. Um, you tell me that if the dollar is working against us, we are unable to rally forces around and say, look, we're making a decision. The problem is that we are unable to make a decision because we are divided and because 
we have poor socialization and understanding of how our unity is strength. We have been socialized to think that if we make a defiant decision against Western countries and the current status quo, we are finished. That is where young people and education comes into the equation. And for me, these are key actions that we need to undertake for us to understand that our solidarity, the Pan-African ideals that President Mandela and his generation had, and, and, and fostering unity and togetherness and understanding what is essential for driving Africa's development is, 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 is key. Now, in understanding that is not enough, if you know that taking action A, B, C, D is key for your development, however you are in isolation, because they are using your brother in, 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 in another country to undermine you, it becomes problematic because you would be kicked out. Zimbabwe is a clear example. The land policy system in Zimbabwe was not bad. Africa betrayed Zimbabwe when it came to, 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 to solidarizing with them. Um, if you look at President Gaddafi and, and, and some of the, the ideas that he espoused, Africa betrayed him because when it came to the crunch for Africans to stand up and then, you know, really rally around the make addition. Currently, Africa is speaking about the issue of, 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 of um, African payment systems. The president of, 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 of South Africa recently was in Paris. He raised that issue. The president of Kenya raised that issue and so on and so forth. Are we convinced that African countries have the understanding to rally and solidarize with each other? These are things that we need to, 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 to speak about. I have said that the current situation in, in, in Ukraine and the position that China and Russia have taken is extremely important for, for Africans to take advantage of the current um, geopolitical situation to make crucial decisions. Why do I say so? The biggest undermining factor for our economies is the global financial system. Whether we believe in, 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 in the, the, the opinions expressed or expressed by China and Russia or not, we understand that our currency fluctuation and, and, and trade deficits and all that is tied to the disadvantages that the African country currently faces within the global financial system. And therefore, whether you are pro-Russia or against Russia, it doesn't mean that you are not suffering from bad decisions from the IMF and the Britain Woods institutions. Education allows young people to compel our government to make meaningful decisions and make meaningful or take meaningful actions to, to, to salvage the continent. So it's extremely important, education for me, and, and, and we can touch on so many other issues that, 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 that are, are important relative to the kind of orientation, the kind of socialization, the kind of mental liberation that is required for our, our, our development. And so for me, um, young people understanding the intricacies, the dynamics, the understanding the environment outside their confines, is important. And young people further understanding that Africa can only liberate itself in one unit. Take the Europeans, like it or not, you look at all the rules that the European Union passes. It tells you that even though they are allies to the United States, majority of their partnerships and, 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 and rules that they, they take as a union is supposed to pitch them in a way that they are influential and they are capable of withstanding shocks in the event that the United States 
makes decisions that is not friendly to their quality of life. These are industrial countries. And so as Africans, if we cannot unite around one common purpose, which is optimizing our resource use, which is ensuring that we are able to, to guarantee the quality of life and then be able to appropriate our resources, which is in abundance, to the benefit of, of, of our citizens. It means that we are making the wrong decisions and we need reconscientization. So in that event, what strategies or approaches can be implemented to ensure that all young people have equal access to quality education and opportunities for skill development? I think I think um, two key strategies are being undertaken, and, and it's one of the things that we are doing as a Pan-African Youth Union. One is, 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 is making policy alternatives available to governments. And, and as I spoke to you, I'm currently in Cape Verde. It's one of the things that we are discussing here um, with support from, from, from you know us. Countries are making alternative um, policy um, proposals for our governments relative to the status quo, what is existing? What is it that we need as, as, as an innovative approach to new policy options? Second would be for us to scale up the, 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 the advocacy on, 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 on governance. Because for me, at the end of the day, the bus stops with who leads a state and what policy mechanisms are available to enable that you're able to drive a particular process. And so if we can only get our leaders to be able to rally around these ideas that young people are espousing relative to what is critical or key to helping them achieve their aspirations, then we would have made a 50% leap from where we are now. And then the third issue is an advocacy on the appropriate investments. I think that these are, 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 are key for us because at the end of the day, if you do not have the policy framework that directs how what investments must be aligned and, 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 and what human resource data that you have available to, to you know, connect these two resource investments and the, the, the human capital development, then you would have, have, have a real crisis. And so we think that um, governments listening to us and young people making alternative policy um, proposals to, to our government, and second, governments accepting and then also making the appropriate investments in the, 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 the alternatives that we propose to them. And then being, um, to an extent, protectionist of, of, of the African ecosystem, I think that's extremely important. And in doing so, we would, again, need to solidarize with each other and move in harmony. So unity is key then. Tell me, in your experience, what are some challenges or barriers that young people face in accessing quality education and developing critical thinking skills? And then how can these obstacles be overcome? Um, two, two things, uh, and these are, are, are immediate. One is the, 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 the curriculum. Um, we, most African countries have got um, a, a pre-colonial curriculum. Um, the colonialists really never develop a curriculum that is meant to imbibe in us skills that guarantee our independence as self-sustenance. And so that is a huge crisis. 
Second is, is, is infrastructure and access. And, and, and so when I touch on the first one, I mean that the entire curriculum and teaching and learning skills that is being impacted must change. It must be one that addresses our immediate challenges and teaches young people beyond the classroom lifelong learning, teaches us skills of survival and, 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 and harnessing potentials around us. Then the, 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 the other issue is um, lack of investment in, 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 in infrastructure. So you move around the entire continent. I've had an opportunity of being to every single African country, and I've had an opportunity of engaging with young people, millions of young people across, across, across board. Um, we have poor infrastructure. And so just having a building there and calling it a school is not enough. The basic tools that you need to augment the kind of curriculum and then to impact in the, 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 the child or the student. Livelihood skills is extremely important. So you go to most secondary schools, they have maybe a structure standing there, dilapidated. And so you go to a science lab and you cannot find anything. You go to a vocational training school, there's a building that they call it a workshop. You go there, there's no nothing. No hacksaw, no, no bench, no hammer, no nothing. And so these are important. And, 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 and finally, when we have a change in, infra, in, in, in curriculum, we have the appropriate investments in terms of the kinds of resources that is required in the schools. We do a testing, reconscientizing people to know that be learning basic skills, survival skills, doesn't mean that you are less intelligent. <clears throat> because what we have come to realize, <clears throat> sorry about that, is that majority of our communities think that speaking big grammar is a sign of intelligence. Speaking big grammar is not a sign of intelligence. It actually is an inferiority complex. And so, it's important for us to reconscientize ourselves to understand that NVTI is the way to go and that um, artisanal and skills acquisition is extremely important and is as intellectual as breeding law or medicine or any other um, subject. I think that these three would, would be extremely important in, in, in driving Africa's prosperity. Thank you for that, Mr. Secretary General. Finally, what message would you like to send forth to the youth of Africa on World Youth Skills Day? Africa needs to understand that we are on our own and that no other continent or country has our interests at heart and that they would only engage with us on the basis of interests. And therefore, we would need to engage with countries on the basis of our own African interests. That is one. Second is for us young people to understand that no other person is going to be a driver of Africa's socioeconomic prosperity and development except ourselves. And therefore, we need to bring our ingenuity. We need to acquire the needed skills. We need to, to be able to hold our own African systems accountable and also making proposals, alternative proposals on mechanisms and architectures that will be able to drive Africa's progress and prosperity. The other thing that African young people must know and understand is that 
globalization has got its dividends, but globalization is thriving on the naivety and the ignorance of the African. And therefore, the earlier we recognize that the dividends of globalization must be shared because we are huge contributors to the, the prosperity and, and, and development of globalization. And therefore, we cannot be left out. And therefore, the multilateral systems must be held accountable by African young people through our governments. And when I say the multilateral, I'm speaking about the UN, because even the UN itself is biased, it's, it's, it's not fair, it's, 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 it's segregatory, it's, 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 you can name it. If you move beyond the UN and you come to all the multilateral uh, structures, the World Bank, the IMF, they all need reforms. Young people must begin to speak about, about that. And then we must be inward looking to a large extent and finding African solutions to the challenges that we are confronted with. And when I say inward looking, I'm not saying we should be oblivious about what's happening in Europe and the Americas. We need to understand and apply lessons from there. But we need to place emphasis, emphasis on the fundamental changes that is required to drive Africa's own development. And those changes would include understanding what natural resource reserve we have and how the judicious application and use of these resources would propel Africa's prosperity and development. And in concluding, we just introduced the African continental free trade area. The biggest beneficiaries of the continental free trade assistance now will not be Africans because we do not have the industrial infrastructure or the economic infrastructure to augment and harness the, 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 the optimization of, of, of this platform. We as young people would need to speak out on these issues, either than that at the end of the day, we would just be piecing together an appropriate vehicle to undermine our own development. Because at the end of the day, it is the producing countries that will take advantage, would import everything and open up our markets, which was done in 1983 and beyond through structural adjustment, where our, our, our farms, farming implements or, 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 or special purpose vehicles that were set in place to, to drive Africa's development were all collapsed. We auctioned off our currencies. We auctioned off everything that was essential for, 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 for our, our development. And today we are where we are. If we have not learned lessons from, from, from these uh, jeopardizing actions that were introduced into Africa, we are on our way to a total collapse of a continent. And trust me, the insecurity of the continent will even cascade into one that is unimaginable. And so we need to focus attention on ourselves as Africans. We need to be inward looking. We need to be innovative. We need to bring our sense of ingenuity to bear on, on, on the progress and development of, of, of Africa. And that was Bening Wisichong Ahmed, Secretary General of the Pan-African Youth Union, who calls on African states to prioritize their interests, to diversify their relations. And he also encourages the people of Africa to be innovative and to use their ingenuity to sustain progress and development of the continent. 
Dear friends, I hope you found this episode informative and interesting, but most importantly, that you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to IFR Verdict Podcast on multiple platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addicts, Pocket Cast, Afripods, Castbox, and Deezer. Check out our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account to always be up to date on local and global events. Happy World Youth Skills Day, dear friends, and until next time. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.